Hey guys, welcome to Rank and Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever. And this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. So, I lost my um, dear Aunt Donna this past week, and I wanted to take a minute to just um, honor her memory, uh, so if you'll bear with me. Uh, We talk a lot on this show about adults that enable uh, ghouls like you and me, Ryan, and Mm -hmm. my uh, late aunt was definitely that enabler. Um, She was the kind of woman that, uh, as my babysitter, I would say, you know, Dunkin' Donuts has Halloween eclairs with, like, witch candy on them. She's like, yeah, I'll take you to get one of those if you want it. Yeah. Or, and, and, you know, uh, hey, uh, can I rent Desperado or Road Warrior or any of these other R-rated tapes from Blockbuster Video, even <laughs> though I am 10? Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she sure. also introduced me to uh, Young Frankenstein oh, and wow. Star Wars. So she will be missed. So I'm really angry Ryan, because I, <laughs> right. right before I called you, watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation for the first time. Oh, holy shit. This, okay. So Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation, also known uh, back in the day as Return of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, before, I think it was rebranded as The Next Generation for um, video release or something. Anyway, it was. It, is a- it was rebranded after McConaughey and Zellweger got famous and re-released right. yeah uh, and apparently and really both Rene Zellweger and Ma- Matthew McConaughey um you know Academy Award nominated uh, or did he win the Academy Award otherwise otherwise successful actor Matthew McConaughey uh, has uh, and and Renee Zellweger also have um gone to great lengths to keep their names out of this movie and away from this property the new blu-ray keeps getting delayed because they literally made them remove their faces and names from the box art. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't blame them. I just them. saw today that their release has been bumped back again because they keep losing rights to featurettes and interviews because people don't want their names associated Oof. with this movie. Yeah, I so all right. So um, for those uh, of our listeners who may not have seen uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre four uh, parentheses the next generation parentheses Return of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, that all right. I think we should get this out of the way um, immediately. None of these movies have any continuity with any of the other movies. No, they Just, are all independent, which yeah, is every, wild. Every single one, like on down to like, I mean, I think honestly, and I hate to say this, the reboot, the the Platinum Dunes reboot has more internal consistency because it has the connective tissue of Arlie Ermey to connect at least two movies. Um, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, 1974, uh, uh, I think it's what it was. It, it's been number one on our list for fuck ever. Uh, one of the finest movies ever made. And then so by part four, um, when all right, so when Texas Chainsaw came out in 1974, the slasher craze had not started really. Like there were Jalo films, but uh, the American slasher movies had not started. And so there was how much of a hiatus between uh, Texas Chainsaw and Texas Chainsaw Two? 
Chainsaw like, 2 came out in 86. Right. So that was, what, 12 years in between? Yeah. And a uh, little bit of trivia, the only reason why Texas Chainsaw 2 got made is because Toby Hooper wanted funding for Invaders from Mars and Life Force, and Golem and Globus were, said, um, you have to make us another Texas Chainsaw if you want the funding for these other two movies. Right. And so, so it was by the like time... a favor that he made it. <laughs> Which is also wild because I read that from Michael J. Weldon, one of his books, that Kim Hinkle, who was the other producer of the original, claims that the next generation is the real sequel. All others are imitators. This is the only official sequel. The the Accept No Substitutes direct sequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Um, so, the, I... This movie's a pile of shit. Um, the, now, the incredible thing about it, if all right, so if if the fourth Texas Chainsaw is is meant to be uh, per Kim Henkel, like the direct sequel to the first one, that makes as much sense to me as any other movie in this franchise being a direct sequel to the first one, either in tone or in plot or in actors. Like these, every single time, it's like they're starting over. There is zero, there's zero characterization consistency in any of the movies. Yeah, and, and even... Is there with... one Leatherface actor who stayed the same for more than one film? Yeah, I, Gunnar Hansen, I think, is the only, is like the big iconic Leatherface, and he was only in the first Texas Chainsaw. And I always thought he was weirdly bitter until I saw some of these sequels, <laughs> And I'm like, I would be mad too. Yeah, yeah, because none of the, I mean, all right, so in part four, I, uh, we should probably get this out of the way. This is probably the most transphobic iteration of Leatherface in the franchise. Um, now, is this an example of Flandersism? I, I, yeah, I do think this was Flanderized a bit, but I think it's also that, um, now, the first movie, I think, has a clearer uh, understanding of, like, gender dynamics that, like, this is a completely patri like the Sawyers are a completely patriarchal household where it's you know you've got the the decrepit grandpa who got fired from the slaughterhouse you've got all these dudes and then the only person fulfilling a stereotypically um, female role is Leatherface in the first one and I feel like like the franchise had always sort of played around with makeup and and women's clothing with Leatherface and then. By the time they get to the next generation, they are just going full on, like, Leatherface is a weepy drag queen who sometimes chases people with a chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I think Hanson does make Leatherface kind of like a, um, in the first one, his portrayal, it's a lot more layered, and this is mm -hmm. just more cartoonish, um, well, and bad, I mean, it, it's a lot more layered because in the first Texas Chainsaw, like, the way that Gunnar Hansen plays Leatherface and the way that I think Leatherface should be played because it's the an interesting iteration of Leatherface is that um, Leatherface is so terrified of his family that, like, it, it, as terrified as the kids are in the first Texas Chainsaw, Leatherface is way more scared. Like, he sort of, like, wails and bubbles and, and squeals and sort of yells a lot because... He is mentally a child who happens to be like six foot five and hulking with a chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. And 
in all of these other sequels, they just take that and they make it as cartoonish and, frankly, like, ham-fisted as possible. Yeah, yeah. And so, all right, so Texas Chainsaw The Next Generation, the, the, the way that it starts is that uh, there are the most insufferable children in Texas. And they <laughs> Which are, says a lot, because this yeah. whole franchise is shit Texas kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you are a shithead in Texas, probably you're getting killed by the Sawyers. Um, and, it's, and it's prom night, so it's all these fucking, like, meathead goons in frilly shirts like bruh we're like 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 they're driving off into the countryside for what purposes they're going to a party is that what it is I, it doesn't matter because it's Who not a, a good movie <laughs> excellent point point. and so they run afoul of the sawyers now when i say the sawyers i mean that literally the again the only uh member of the sawyer family in this movie that is from any other movie is leatherface or bubba or whatever and so they um, they find this lady who is wearing like. Uh, did you ever read Harka Vagrant, the um, '80s business lady comics? I haven't read those, um, <laughs> but just from your description, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yep, uh, they they run into this lady who's got like the biggest shoulder pads in the world uh, on her like '80s business lady suit, and she is. What, the most normal person in the Sawyer clan, except it's never really explained she's not technically a Sawyer? Well, anyway. she she thinks she has things in her head that will explode if she doesn't do what the Sawyers want. Right, right. So she's very sort of like, oh, I'd rather not be here kidnapping children. <laughs> but uh, I've got a grenade in my brain and it'll explode if I run away from this. Uh, and so uh, Matthew McConaughey... Literal Matthew McConaughey, who plays Vilmer Sawyer, which, by the way, Vilmer, um, yeah. a, a name no one had ever heard before or since. Uh, Vilmer Sawyer is a, a sort of, uh, he, he is just hooting and hollering all over this goddamn movie. He he makes these weird Wah! noises multiple <laughs> times in the film. He is Al Pacino hoo-hawing everywhere in this movie Just, and it's incredible so like they they all these kids get kidnapped a couple of them die i think um it's not now all right so i feel like here's here's my problem really with every um even even texas chainsaw 2 which we're doing later on this episode and which i really really like but i feel like uh any texas chainsaw movie post original texas chainsaw you have to do one of two things you either have to have, like, no gore and do what the first one did, where there's very, very little blood or gore or anything, like, crazy looking on screen and just leave it up entirely to the audience's imagination. Or you should be throwing buckets of gore into my face like I'm at a Guar concert. Yeah, like, Texas Chainsaw 3D works because they saw a man in half in 3D. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like I, this is this is this is my beef. Uh, is if you're if you're going to be a Texas Chainsaw sequel, but you happen to not be Toby Hooper in 1974, honestly, if I've shown up on a Friday night to go see the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, please submerge me, like grab me by the ankles and dip me headfirst into a kitty waiting pool full of cow parts, or go home. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's all I'm here for, is the yeah. gore. Yeah. Um, 
the dialogue in this movie is inscrutable. <laughs> it's a fucking problem. It's holy shit. So you've got uh, uh, th- there was one line in here that, which by the way, that I love that you wrote down in the notes, which was uh, what uh, Vilmer. Vilmer, the the teenager says, "What are you gonna do to me?" And Vilmer says, first I'm gonna kill you. It ain't no fucking biggie." <laughs> Which honestly, I kind of love that line as delivered by Matthew McConaughey. Is just, it ain't no fucking biggie. It, it ain't no fucking it ain't no fucking biggie. <laughs> like he just looks so tired about all of this. Just like, all right, now, God damn it, get in my truck. Like he's just yeah. And then you've got this other character whose name is not important who is like a nervous younger brother of matthew mcconaughey who his thing is all right uh, a, a short digression here there is a character trope that drives me crazy when it's in a thing which is the same thing that drives christina crazy uh when we were watching um season three of american horror story which is misty day her entire character is i really like the band fleetwood mac like, that is the totality of this person's personality and character, and that's not a fucking character. And this is how I feel about any character whose thing in a movie is just quoting shit. Yeah, And yeah. then s- saying who quoted it in, in relation to the thing. The only way that I'm okay with this is if you are, again, Al Pacino. For some reason, this is the second time I've name-dropped Al Pacino on a podcast. Um, in Dick Tracy as the villain who constantly misquotes and misattributes bad quotes. Like, right, because that's yeah. not what this cannibal redneck is doing. He's quoting Machiavelli. Yeah, yeah, he's he'll be yeah, he'll say a thing and then go Niccolo Machiavelli, and it's just like this. I am so bored and so tired. Like it's like when a horror <laughs> movie, it's like when a horror movie specifically brings up the seven deadly sins as though in and of itself that's an interesting thing to do. Like, if you're not even doing anything about it, you're just like, oh, yeah, and also the killer is following whatever. He, he mentioned sloth. Like, anyway, so fuck your quotes. Fuck your movie. Fuck Niccolo Ma- uh, Machiavelli. Um, they call it, yeah, they call Leatherface Leather instead of Bubba. Yeah, which is a big mistake because yeah. Leatherface's actual name should be a variation of Bubba. Because being a guy who's grown up in the South and has a Bubba in my uh, extended in-law family, um, my wife calls her brother and her father Bubba, because that's just what you call (laughs) a person that you know. Yeah, just Bubba, yeah. And then then my, my child calls my wife's father his grandfather bubba as like his honorific he is your bubba Bubba. yeah and it's like that's so that's such a good thing that came from i believe texas chainsaw massacre 2 because of course they would just call him bubba because leatherface is a name like the shape like no one on screen calls him that it's just what he is yeah so in this movie, when this dumb shit says, sorry, Leather, we won't get you a new face, it's like, no, no, don't do yeah. that. Well, you're exa- you're completely right. Also, I have th- I have three different cousins from my from the Louisiana side of my family named Bubba, um, like, like that are referred to as Bubba by different people. I also have an Aunt Sis, which I think is my favorite relative name from that side of my family. Um, and the yeah, problem with, like... this is also a great thing to, to call, um, 
just any relative. It's it's so good. Uh, and, and I think, yeah, if you're calling Leatherface Bubba, I like that a lot also because it sort of reinforces that he is terrified of his family. Like, the, these are not people who are, like, impressed by, you know, fucking Leatherface. Like, they're not... He's Bubba. He's your little brother who is easily cowed and frightened of everything and doesn't know his own strength, and you can bully him into killing children. Like... Th- th- this is, uh, I, yeah, I feel like if you're calling him Leather, that's, yeah, it's it's too knowing. You know what I mean? That, like, haha, your name is Leatherface. We call you Leatherface. The whole, that's really the problem with the whole movie, is it's trying to be smart uh-huh. with diminishing returns. Well, it's, it's trying to be smart, but the problem is that, okay, it's trying to, now, it, it basically beat for beat sort of rips off the original Texas Chainsaw. Um, which is really important to the people making, like, 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 Kim Hankel wanted to go back to the first one. Now, the problem is... Yeah, it's like, Kim, who hurt you? (laughs) Yeah, like, we all love the first one. You don't gotta, like, hollow out the body of the first movie and try to hatch a new one. Um, and the problem is that, like, it's trying to recreate the first movie while also making a comment on the first movie, but it has nothing to say. And so it fails as a comedy, it fails as a meta-commentary, it certainly fucking fails as a horror movie because there is not a single moment of suspense in this movie. Um, even, okay, the iconic shot from the first Texas Chainsaw of Leatherface chasing Sally Hardesty that's in all of the trailers for the original Texas Chainsaw where, like, he, you know, Leatherface is in the background just taking up the whole fucking frame, just huge and bearing down on Sally as she runs toward the camera. Um, Next Generation tries doing that same shot but we're not fucking afraid of Leatherface because it's spent the last, like, 45 minutes making me not afraid of Leatherface. And it, it just, it, it, it tries to recreate it, and it, it's like watching a kid clomping around in his dad's wingtips and necktie and yelling, I'm going to the mortgage necktie office. Like, yeah, yeah, like, it's just not, it's not good. Okay, so what is the plot of this movie? There's this whole guy who shows up and he's like freaky businessman that says you're all doing it all wrong. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah, so it's this uh uh what? He's like the Illuminati basically. Like he's sort of, "Oh, dear boy, you're supposed to make this a transcendental experience." Like, yeah, so like did they want it to tie into the Hellraiser universe or <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think the problem is that like all right, all right. So this is I didn't know if this was me navel gazing too much. My understanding of the statement that this movie is trying to make is that this movie fails as a horror movie because it has failed to frighten the audience. Because it's like we're, it's supposed to make people afraid because being scared is a fun and transcendental experience. And so you've got... All right, so so Vilmer, whose leg is a robot leg for no goddamn reason. Yeah, why is it making robot noises I, the whole movie? I, there's a remote control for his robot leg for no goddamn reason at all. Like, he's just a robot McConaughey who is just doing cartwheels and yelling at Renee Zellweger. Um... And so the the guy in the suit, you know, and he's he's like what negging Vilmer basically, where he's just like, You fucking yeah. suck at this. <laughs> he calls him a silly boy. <laughs> Several times he is you're a si- don't be a silly boy. Um and then so <laughs> You silly boy. <laughs> oh, you silly boy. And so 
Which, first of all, I this movie wants me to want the teenagers in this movie to die. Like, yeah, I would say almost as much. Now, now Franklin in the original Texas Chainsaw, I feel like that movie also wants me to want him to die. And it works because <laughs> Franklin is the fucking worst. It sure does. I, I'm so pleased when I don't have to listen to the him yelling anymore. Um, but yeah, so this movie quickly dispatches everybody except Renee Zellweger, who they recreate the ghoulish dinner scene from the original Texas Chainsaw, and she's sitting there, and Matthew McConaughey is fucking doing the Jeff Foxworthy, you might be a redneck routine, but badly. And then eventually, Renee Zellweger stands up, and she's just like, yeah, I'm fucking out of here. And everyone's like, blah, blah, no. And she's like, yeah, I'm leaving. And Leatherface is like, Mrr. And she's like, sit down, Leatherface. And he's like, okay. Um, God, this movie makes me so goddamn angry. Um, and so it gets... <sighs> all right, all right. Quincy, I want you to summarize the ending of this film. So she says, I'm leaving. And they're shocked because I guess no one has ever said no to them before. <laughs> So then she leaves the house and they start chasing after her because they just get, they, they, they come back to their senses. Yeah. They're running across a field. All of a sudden it's daytime and it's not even like, like dawn. It's like full on day shot. Yeah. Yeah. And they're running through a field and a plane kills matthew mcconaughey yeah it's like south by southwest style just like swoops out of the sky and fucking kills him yeah like bonks his head with the tire and then flies away like a fly and run <laughs> yeah like a... <laughs> which which yeah. is it like is it the cia killing them because the cia is backing cannibal rednecks to make some kind of experience <sighs> To like, or Illuminati or whatever oh, or is it just like an accident or like uh, what the fuck is it my understanding is that either the government or the Rothschilds or the Illuminati or some Skull fucking and bones or <laughs> something the smoking man from X-Files like they're, the cannibal family's job is to spook some folks and they do it badly so Matthew McConaughey gets killed by a plane um and then is it so, the director admitting that this is a bad movie? I feel like yeah. I well, although I, which is my take on it is that like that that um silly boy like that that dude is the odd is like talking to the audience and going sorry you paid money to see this folks I you were looking to get spooked and we we just forgot to write a a good movie and I'm really sorry for that. Uh, we will we will drop you at the nearest hospital or police station. After this, uh, I'm really, I'm really sorry. Here's a fifty dollar coupon. Uh, the last line of the movie is a guy at the hospital saying, "What is going on around here?" Yeah, but there's a guy at the hospital. Okay, okay. There's a guy at the hospital going, "Hey, what the fuck?" And then right after that, motherfucking Marilyn Burns on a stretcher, the fucking original final girl from Texas Chainsaw, motherfucking Sally Hardesty is on a gurney being wheeled past in a catatonic state and the movie just doesn't comment on that it's just like you you and it's not even like a, a, a funny background goof or it's like also sally hardesty's here the camera focuses on them and 
we're given nothing, and then it's like, uh, all right, well, thanks for coming out, folks, and then credits roll. I'm just um, so mad. I'm so, so goddamn angry. Uh, and I and, think and, what, now, what's upsetting to me is this is getting this, like, we've literally waited all summer for this Blu-ray release, mm-hmm. and it still isn't out yet, and this is where I need you to drop Judd from uh, Pet Cemetery that says sometimes dead needs <laughs> sometimes, to stay dead. Sometimes dead's better, you know? Like, that's just, yeah. Yeah, Judd yeah, Crandall like, knows what's up. I went to the used video store and paid actual money to buy this DVD because I thought like, oh man, I've heard so much about this. I gotta see what's up. Uh And now I'm stuck with a copy of (laughs) Texas Chainsaw Massacre the Next Generation. Not to salt salt your fresh wound on this, how much money did you pay for this? $4.99. That is too much for Texas Chainsaw the Next Generation. That's way too much for oh, Texas Chainsaw You could have bought, like, a Happy Meal with that. I could have bought other movies. You, yeah, you could have... Oh, my God. This... Now, and that's exactly... Now, a, a property like this... Which, actually, actually, let me let me take that back. I hate the word property, and I'm trying to erase it from my vocabulary because capitalism poisons everything. Uh, a movie like Texas Chainsaw the Next Generation. You, you hear about it, and occasionally, you know, it's, like, spoken of with a kind of, oh, man, this fucking movie. And then, you know, you build it up so that you're like, oh, man, this has to be so bad, it's good, right? And sometimes, yes, sometimes it's a troll, too. Or it's um, Cobra with Sylvester Stallone, where it's actually that bug fucking ridiculous. And then occasionally it's a thing like this where it's not wildly interesting or, or like, fantastically stupid. It's not quotable. There's nothing from this movie that you're putting on and a fucking it's t-shirt. it's kind of offensive. <laughs> also, it's transphobic as fuck. Um, and it... Although, not even transphobic as fuck. It's just like, I don't have any faith that the filmmakers understand what they're playing around with, with Leatherface being in drag with a woman's face. And I, a I just, woman's body. She's like... Leatherface has ostensibly husked a woman and put on a woman's suit like um, like how Buffalo Bill wants to do in Silence of the Lambs yeah realized played completely straight yeah I now uh, yeah so a movie like Texas Chainsaw the Next Generation there is it's honestly interesting to me for the fact that there is nothing this movie does well like at I, all, I can't think of a oh, single. Uh, there's thing. one thing, they repurpose the camera flash from the original movie in the opening sequence for the prom. Oh yeah, that's uh, it. Yeah, that's the only thing they do well. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. There's that, and also the soundtrack's not bad. Like it sounds okay. It's incongruous. I need you to obviously this is in the night this is in like squarely in the 90s this movie uh it's it's got like a, a soundtrack like disturbing behavior or something it's just for a very bad <laughs> texas chainsaw sequel where it's like sort of alternative it's like it's like depressed make out rock for teenagers which i appreciate yeah. but it belongs in a better movie it makes me sad that 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 the soundtrack for this movie was wasted on this movie um yeah and was never released except for a single 
released on CD with Debbie Harry. <laughs> yeah, we got the Blondie single with the cover artwork for Texas Chainsaw 4 and nothing else. It... And and that's probably the reason why I was willing to shell out five bucks for this mm-hmm. is it's got that lipstick chainsaw that I saw on a VHS every night I went to the Blockbuster mm-hmm. but never got around to watching yeah. because it looked spooky. I would see it as a kid. And then when I yeah, then when I bought it and took it home and watched it, it was terrible. <laughs> Yeah, which, do you think that that cover was the movie letting us know off top that there was going to be some transphobic shit in this movie? I should have known, Yeah, but, Same. you know. You know, that's the problem, though, is, like, especially in horror, like, there's so much imagery that you see that just rolls right off your fucking brain. You're just like, oh, okay, that's happening. Um, so, all right, so where on the list do we put this piece of shit? Okay, so name a franchise that declines so quickly within four films. I legitimately... Oh, oh, okay. I can only think of one franchise that I think uh, cartwheels down the way that this does, but the problem is that I think... All right, the Terminator franchise, right? First Terminator, pretty good. Terminator 2, one of the best action movies of all time. Everything after that has... it's just gotten worse and worse every single time. Yeah, I, but that's... What about, like, horror? Like, yeah, is Saw count? Because I think Saw 2 is pretty good. I, I don't... Actually, I don't hate Saw 2 or 3. I don't think it's an... I mean, I think Saw 3 is obviously not on the level of the first Saw, but I I, I don't... The, the, the incline for Saw is nowhere near as sharp as for Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. It's like... It's, it's it's Stretch falling into Battleland in, <laughs> like, in quite steep. Yeah. It's very... Yeah. It's... Oh, my God. Yeah. Which, I've thought of that shot so many times of just that weird hole, like, fall, tumbling down that hill, like... Because I saw Texas Chainsaw 2 when I was a kid, so I've, I've had, like, recurring dreams about that scene with... In oh, Texas Chainsaw 2. Yeah. It's, it's burned into my brain. Um... So, okay, so Leatherface is all the way down at number 259. Sure is. Oh, this is... Oh, it's better than Leatherface, at least. So, so Next Generation is better than Leatherface. It's better than Leatherface, at least because, A, there's anything to talk about with it, and Leatherface is a complete waste in the way that at least Texas Chainsaw The Next Generation, we can talk about, lol, Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger... And we can talk about that soundtrack, and we can talk about sort of its place in in the franchise. As and now, what's weird to me also, as oh hold on, now what's weird to me is that as a stalwart of like late franchise entries that completely fuck the couch, like Freddy's Dead, which I will always be an apologist for, I should love this movie, and it's just completely irredeemable. So I feel like. Between that and Leatherface, like, at least there's the kind of, oh, man, it's so bad that Leatherface is like, it's nothing. It's a, it's a McDonald's bun and nothing else. And you eat the whole thing and you're like, well, I don't know why the fuck I did that. So, Hellraiser Hellworld is at number 254. I would argue that is a better film. Oh, Hellraiser Hellworld is way better than this. Because internet Cenobites. <laughs> also because Lance Henriksen. Yeah, that's right. Oh, man. Yeah, also because internet. Um, all right, so that's obviously better. Um, now, 
I do think, uh, I have to say this, I think Texas Chainsaw The Next Generation is at least better than the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot from 2010. I do you think so? I think so. And I, I and I think it's because and you know why this is? This is all right, so you know how on this podcast every metric we use for judging anything is total bullshit and we make it up every single time. Um I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> our ironclad rules for stuff. I cannot forgive the reboot of Nightmare on Elm Street for poisoning everything that it shows up in now for like video games where uh, now, for example, I've been playing that sla- uh, uh, asymmetrical slasher game, Dead by Daylight, and one of the reasons I got the game was so that I could get and play as Freddy Krueger because I've been waiting for a proper Nightmare on Elm Street video game my entire life, and this is the closest You're not get. happy with the Super <laughs> Nintendo game where you collect bones? You just kind of throw some bones in an oven. That's all. Of this It's a very bones... Kids these days, they just don't appreciate... <laughs> Ryan, you get to cross-dress in that game. Ah, that's true. You can be Terran regardless of who, which <laughs> character you are. Absolutely, yeah. That's, yeah, non, non-binary icon Terran White from, from the from the Nightmare on Elm Street Nintendo game. Um, but the problem is that, like, the Freddy Krueger, like, the one that they went with for Dead by Daylight is Reboot Freddy and not Robert Englund Freddy, which oh, no. N- nobody wants. Nobody wants Jackie Earl Haley Freddy. Not even Jackie Earl Haley wants that. Like, every, everybody involved hates it, and so I feel like uh, it's not even fair to the Nightmare reboot, which has a couple of things that I actually kind of am, am okay with about it, uh, but solely for that, I would be cool with putting Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation, above Nightmare uh, 2010 and below Fear.com. Dot com. Yeah, it's definitely not as good <laughs> as the <laughs> internet horror movie Fear.com. Yeah, if a thing can be quali- um, can be described as an internet horror movie, I'm probably going to put it pretty high up the list. Especially an internet horror movie with websites that look nothing like the internet has ever looked. <laughs> right, that's like designed by people that have like a vague idea of what the internet should look like, and they're like, that's probably fine. That's Anytime we see a movie like hellraiser hell world or fear.com.com a director is shown by a set designer what the actual internet looks like uh-huh. and they're like i i it's basically iirc does not work on screen yeah like you can't have an irc chat that looks terrible <laughs> so they're like Make it look good. And they're like, but the internet doesn't look like that. I don't care. Oh We're spending all this money. <laughs> Give me more animated GIFs of fire. And it's, yeah, it's it's incredible. So, yeah. so And, so, and the, the sound GIF of, like, whoa, oh, 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 Yeah, yeah. It has to be the, <laughs> with fire. And also, it has to look like, there has to be a font that is vaguely spooky. And there has to be, like, Celtic knots and shit. And this is primarily what the internet looks like. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty so sure number that's... 257 is, yeah, the Texas Chainsaw is. Massacre, <laughs> the, the next generation, parentheses, return of Texas Chainsaw, which, side note here, Joe Bob Briggs, in a review, called this the best horror movie of the 90s when it came out. I I don't know that I can ever trust Joe Bob again after that. Like, Okay, so can we trust any of Joe Bob's... Texas Chainsaw reviews since he was in a Texas Chainsaw movie? He certainly was, and he's from Texas, and he he sort of values this movie for being a drive-in movie, which means that it's sort of kind of garbage. Like, he's not saying that it's good, he's saying that it's a good drive-in movie, which I would also debate, but 
What are you gonna do? Um, so yeah, two fifty-seven. Um, so I love the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two so much. It's very good, and this is a movie that I also saw for the first time this week. Oh, I'm fascinated. All right, so so as someone who adores the original Texas Chainsaw, tell me about your process for watching Texas Chainsaw Two. So I, Texas Chainsaw One is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because I had never seen any of these sequels, I bought the sequel, you know, I found it used at the movie store, it, I spent, so here's the difference, I spent $10 on the Texas Chainsaw 2 Blu-ray used, I spent $5 for the Texas Chainsaw 4 DVD used, Mm Mm-hmm. $10 $10 for the Blu-ray, still a very good purchase. <laughs> Extremely good. I've watched this movie multiple times this week. Oh, man. Honestly, yeah, Texas Chainsaw 2, I feel like this is one of my comfort food movies because it's so ridiculous and, and colorful. And, I yeah, I I can't even... I, I feel like uh, I, I haven't watched this movie the same number of times as, like, Nightmare 3 or Hellraiser. But this this is one of those movies that is like a warm, laffy taffy hug for my brain. Yeah, and it's all thanks to Carolyn Williams, I think. Oh, Carolyn Williams, like like she is largely the reason I think that this movie is the way that it is. Yeah, she she really carries it. So in the special features on the Blu-ray. Uh, she says that the way she got the part was at an open casting call. The the sides that she got said runs in screaming, so she literally ran the length of the hall with all of the other actresses waiting, burst into the casting room, and took Toby Hooper's chair to bar the door with. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I honestly, Carolyn she, Williams. Like, and in the interview, she's like, you know, sometimes you just got to go that extra mile to get the part if you really want it. Yep. Yep. That's, listen, I honestly, I love, I'm such a mark for casting stories like that. Like how in Nightmare 3, um, the actor who plays uh, Kincaid literally got the part because he's supposed to be like this really like badass, tough, t- like tough talking guy. And he had been waiting for hours to audition, and then by the time he got up there, they're like, "All right, well, whatever, just do a monologue." And the actor was just like, "Hey, fuck you!" And they were like, "Oh, okay, good. You're Roland Kincaid." Um, that's, ah, yes, good. Oh, it's that's, so believable. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it that's is. what we're looking for. And yeah, like Caroline Williams as Stretch, uh, I uh, fell in love with Caroline Williams as Stretch when I was a kid watching this movie. Like, she is pitch fucking perfect as Stretch, who is a Texas DJ who is, you know, sort of, she's, she's working at this, all right, so the, the, the movie opens with, I, 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 that thing you were saying about how the Texas Chainsaw series is about dipshit teens in Texas? Yeah, just Texas hook em horns yuppies on their way <laughs> to a football game. Some good old-fashioned Texas shitheads, uh, and one of them's got the big holographic John Lennon glasses with the eyeballs, and they're both screaming like "woo, pussy and beer" and like waving guns and shooting at road signs and shit. And they try playing chicken with a random car on the road that, wouldn't you know it, happens to be uh, driven by the Sawyer clan. And they call the radio station that Stretch works at to harass her, basically, <laughs> and just be insufferable. And they 
can't they won't hang up the call so she can't hang up and so later on they uh are getting um chased by the Sawyers and one of them gets like their head like they get sliced in half with a chainsaw and they leave the phone on the entire time so it records everything on the air uh, and Stretch is just kind of sitting horrified listening to the whole thing. Um, and this movie is Tom Savini special effects, and boy howdy, are they wonderful. Oh, it's so good. Like, that opening scene, and you've got all of this with, by the way, one of my favorite songs ever, uh, No One Lives Forever by uh, Oingo Boingo. And it's just... Now, this scene is entirely the, the the template and the boilerplate for everything Rob Zombie has ever done in his career, which is like... Our... The whole movie oh. is just boilerplate Rob Zombie. He watched this and said, That's it? I'm gonna do that. <laughs> That's, this, it's this. It's this movie. Nothing... I, I the, uh, Other movies do not exist. It's just this one. Um, and I can see why. Like, if I had... And, you know, I, I, I've had, like, the benefit of time and perspective and, like, horror documentaries and stuff that I can come to a thing like Texas Chainsaw 2 and sort of nod thoughtfully and go, mm, yes, it's really ratcheted up the gonzo aspects and really embraced the dark comedy that the original was a lot subtler about. But, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to imagine if I'd been like a horror ghoul in 1986, the year I was fucking born, if I had just seen this movie and I, and I had been like an aspiring filmmaker, I probably also would have had my brain microwaved by this movie and decided, oh, yeah, I'm doing that, but forever. See, here's the wild thing. I really believe Toby Hooper didn't give a shit about this movie because uh -huh. he had to make it. Yeah. So I think it's so weird because who cares? It's just the movie I gotta make to make the movie I want to make. And canon films were such a just crank it out, let's get a movie done. They were selling movies at this time based off of posters. Yeah. They were selling a movie to get the money to make a movie to sell the next one. Yeah, and this movie, the poster is literally a Breakfast Club parody poster. Um, th maybe that's why I like this movie so much. It's basically an hour and a half long shit post with a budget. <laughs> like, it is, nothing makes any goddamn sense. It's fast. It's ridiculous. Now, all right, all right. I don't know if I'm, um... Naval gazing a little bit too much here, but I think this movie is a giant uh, dismissive jerk-off motion at uh, masculinity as a concept. Like, there are no good examples of masculinity in this movie where you've got, all right, Dennis motherfucking Hopper playing uh, Lieutenant Lefty Enright, who um, has the barest motivation in the world, which is, Meh, my nephew was Franklin from the first Texas Chainsaw, so I've been pursuing this family I don't know why he's David Lynch pursuing this family across Texas um, and he is a useless sack of shit like he's he's trying to do the he John he can't do anything right he's such a fuck up like he's just fucking useless like there's it's one of my favorite scenes ever because of how this is basically every dick joke in the world is just lefty goes to a chainsaw outlet and he picks up a bunch of chainsaws and starts waving them around and just like waving them like man this is my dick and then he takes a chainsaw out onto the lawn of the chainsaw store I, I stress here again chainsaw store and starts sawing a log in half 
and the owner and not of the cha- even adeptly no very very badly like it's like he's it's like the chainsaw is my dick but i've never touched a human woman so it's just like waving it's woggling around like a chainsaw wiener and the owner of the chainsaw store is in the background going <laughs> and like clapping like a child um and it's so much of this movie is just like so lefty is thwarted masculinity in shoes like he shows all right so uh lefty plays the recording live on the air of the the two texas dipshits getting killed on the road by the sawyers and this obviously um she was told to do this by lefty so lefty has completely dimed out stretch for you know listen they're probably going to come to your fucking radio station and fucking kill you because you played this and um, she says when she sees him again, you left me. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, yeah, I totally did. Sorry about that. Like, he, he's a piece my of shit. My bad, girl. <laughs> I was like, yeah, my bad. He and, then, and then she falls in that fucking hole into the lair, and he says, uh, grab this, and hands her a skeleton arm. <laughs> skeleton. He's like calling and her little sister. And then it breaks, and he goes, oops, Uh-oh. and goes about his business dismantling this lair with her inside of it. Yeah, like, and he keeps calling her little sister. Like, it's so frustrating, because, like, Stretch, like, it's entirely her ass on the chopping block, this entire movie, and Lefty's just like, I'm gonna avenge my nephew that I totally care about. So the scene in this movie that I think um, gave me unholy everything is bad feelings as a kid is when uh, Stretch has to have the severed, peeled-off face of her best friend, like, attached over her face with a, with a cowboy hat uh, to try to, like, stay in disguise. <laughs> And then it's her dancing with Leatherface who has discovered puberty during this movie. Um, That peeled face dance fucked me up as a kid. Also, LG loves Stretch. Like, he actually says, like, I've always loved you, and now everything hurts because I don't have any skin left. (laughs) His final line is, And then she she does this, like, oh, poor poor LG, LG. here, have your face back, and, like, lays it on as if, like, that's how faces work. (laughs) Here's your face back, LG. Poor LG. It's not how faces work. (laughs) Man, honestly, LG is pure. Like, he, he didn't deserve any of this shit. He got... Okay, so LG said this uh, Concrete Blonde song but a country rendition when he's walking back into the radio station with milkshakes right? and that has been stuck in my head all the time yeah like he gets clocked by Bill Mosley with a hammer which by the way Bill Mosley is Chop Top um, extremely annoying but extremely effective at the kind of character he's trying to play yeah and like some of those references really aged like milk. Like, oh, like they, nom flashbacks? They're really bad. Yeah, the nom flashbacks. Ho Chi Minh, mail call! It's like, oh my god, oh. come on. Oof. But also, um, Lick My Plate Dog Dick is the best. <laughs> Lick, my plate. Lick My Plate cinema. Dog Dick. <laughs> Oh my god. I it's this movie has like a sense of humor that I have I even calling it a sense of humor is again it's it's like a shit post that keeps going. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. It is such a practical joke for everyone. It's a swindle. It's... Yes. It is a swindle. And also it makes me think of when we had uh, Lauren Melisi on the show that obviously she takes um the first Texas Chainsaw very very seriously and does not care for Texas Chainsaw 2 because it is a giant 
jerk off motion like yeah. set to music and it's 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 wonderful but also that last scene um i although uh, by the way bill mosley uh when he goes to the radio station and atta- and he and leatherface attack um stretch there's one line that bill mosley delivers that is the funniest thing i've ever heard which i think about a lot which is just look at what you did to my sunny bono wig like it's just him screaming about his sunny bono wig because he's like so doing I the really, hip, hippie thing i really like the idea that at one point he had skin covering his plate, uh-huh. but because he can't stop picking, he has exposed <laughs> metal on his skull. It makes me so uncomfortable that he keeps picking the skin off of his metal head and eating it. Like, it's generally... And feeds it to Grandpa in that one scene, too. Oh, man. And also, I, going back to thwarted masculinity and, like, lol, masculinity is a giant fucking joke... There's the scene in there where they're in the giant ramshackle compound at Texas Battleland, and they've got Stretch, and they're they're doing the dinner party scene that every fucking Texas Chainsaw movie has to do, and they're like, yeah, Grandpa, go on, you're the best with a hammer, you worked at a slaughterhouse, killer, and Grandpa is just fucking old and decrepit, he looks like something scraped off a shoe, and he can barely hold the hammer, and... He tries braining Stretch and he can't do it. And then later on, while Stretch, or while while Lefty is having a chainsaw duel with Leatherface, uh, you know, Grand- like you do, like you do. And Grandpa tries hefting the hammer at Lefty, and it just thwacks Leatherface in the head. And then they all explode from a grenade. This movie is fucking bananas. Um, everybody dies with a grenade, and then at the very end of it. It's uh, Chop Top, played by Bill Mosley, chasing Stretch up to the top of this weird precipice that has a house that houses his dead grandmother. It's not important. The important thing is Chop Top gets killed, and then uh, Stretch does the Leatherface chainsaw dance from the first Texas Chainsaw at the top of this thing as the camera pulls out. And that's the end of the movie. It's so good. Oh, Oh, it's so good. Like, it's honestly... Um, that ramshackle compound is one of my favorite horror settings, where it's, like, covered in Christmas lights and garbage and bodies, and it's, yeah, I feel like, yeah. The idea that Lefty literally finds Franklin's skeleton and says, oh, Franklin, it's like, how in all of this trash do you just happen to find your... Your nephew, your nephew. Well, and also, I feel like that scene doesn't even believe itself, where it's just like, yeah, sure, he finds Franklin. He's like, oh, no, little brother, you got killed. Well, I'll avenge you. Ah! And he's just, like, chopping everything down around himself with a chainsaw. Like, it's... uh, I feel like Dennis Hopper completely knows what movie he's in. Like, he, he knows how fucking absurd this character is. So... This movie reminds me a lot of Return of the Living Dead. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, just that kind of anarchic, fast punk vibe. Yeah, that just, like, Cuckoo Bananas fun movie. Yeah. Also, Nubbins is the name of the... Which is just a corpse that yep. they walk around like a marionette puppet. Uh-huh. I, I think Nubbins is meant to be the body of the hitchhiker. Uh, who is apparently, according to some... And again, when we talk about continuity for Texas Chainsaw, it's a little like talking about Doctor Who continuity for the classic series, where it's like, canon is whatever you decide canon is, I think. 
just like which, whichever whichever bits of tissue you decide connect to each other, that's that's what it is. Um, and Nubbins Sawyer, who is the body at the beginning of the movie that's dancing around on top of the car with the the Texas dipshits. Um, Nubbins is meant to be the hitchhiker who got um, flattened by an eighteen wheeler at the end of the first Texas Chainsaw, and he features prominently throughout Texas Chainsaw too. He's on the fucking poster. Yeah, he is. You know, <laughs> good for him. Um, and also, um, now you 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 pointed a thing out. The chainsaw is Leatherface's dick, right? Leatherface literally tries to fuck stretch with the chainsaw right kind of only it doesn't he doesn't turn it on now we we, we say that nobody gets fucked with a chainsaw we we, we should we should clarify that but he she okay so leatherface she's sitting in she's holed up in a room in the studio in the radio station and leatherface bursts in the room and saws up the, for some reason, cooler of Big Red Sodas. <laughs> and right. she screams with her legs spread wide. And he he cannot stop looking at her um, nethers. Right. And, and yeah. it's, I guess it's a premature ejaculation joke. Because she says, are you mad at me? Are you okay? Are you mad? <laughs> yeah. And this, then he runs away. It turns into like a pornographic howdy doody sketch for like five minutes. Yeah. Where he's got the chainsaw sort of precariously held like a dick. And it's between her legs. And she's like talking him down like, you know, sort of sweet talking him into not killing her. And it, so Stretch is fine. And nothing, I, I feel like we should clarify that chainsaw sex does not happen in this movie. Cannot stress that enough. Yeah, it's it's so it's so important for my enjoyment of this film. Um, but so and then there's a line now a line in here that I think about a lot, which is that Leatherface uh, can't bring himself to kill Stretch, and is not. I, I would say Chop Top is the big villain of this movie and not Leatherface, um, because yeah. when they're when they're in Texas Battleland and uh, they realize that Leatherface did not kill Stretch at the studio and has been kind of, you know, protecting her a little bit, and. Uh, Drayton Sawyer, the, the, the patriarch of the Sawyer clan, um, he's sort of like mocking Leatherface for getting a crush on Stretch, and then he says, you know, if, you, you, know you have two choices, boy, uh, sex or the saw. Sex is, well, nobody knows. But the saw? The saw is family. First of all, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Everybody knows what sex is. Sex, sex is, well, nobody knows. Like, what, did, 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 did your grandma not give you the fucking birds and the bees talk? You've had... You literally have a family of children. <laughs> demonstrably, you have children. Like, you... Yeah. Which, honestly, it, it's a thing that I value about Texas Chainsaw is that generally the threat of sexual violence is not a thing that really happens in Texas Chainsaw. Like... In the first Texas Chainsaw, there's the bit where Sally is at the ghoulish dinner party, and she says, like, please, I'll do anything you want. And Hitchhiker sneers at her, and they all kind of make, like, oh, really? You're going to go there? Sort of at her. Because, like, they don't care about sex. They care about murder and eating people. Yeah. Like, I, it's, it's honestly, and I know the bar is too fucking low, but especially for a horror franchise... The fact that sex, like the threat of sexual violence, is generally not there in this movie about a, a redneck torture family. Yeah, it's pretty nice. 
yeah, it's 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 relaxing. You know, you just want to watch people get stuck on meat hooks and get their faces peeled off. Um, you know, and, a fun and time. the violence in Texas Chainsaw Two is so cartoonish because there is a chainsaw sword fight and because there's <laughs> yeah. a corpse puppet. Yep, and and all of that is just so. I don't know. It's like it's so watchable because it's a Saturday morning cartoon of a movie. Yeah, it's slapstick gore. Like, even one of the Texas dipshits at the beginning of the thing, he gets the top half of his head sawed off so that, like, the brain stem, I think, is still around, and he's just sort of, like, still driving the car but sort of making lamenting hands at himself, like, oh, not my head! And it's... Man, this... I... Yeah. Um... So I really, really love this movie because I feel like, for the thing that it is, you, you, I think, had it exactly right. This movie does not care about itself, and thus is free to do pretty much whatever it feels like doing. Yeah, and does it with aplomb. Yeah. Um, it's like watching see, a dolphin jump the in the it's ocean. Like, it's not, yeah, it's not taking itself seriously, but it's still well made. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I... Now, and I think that's down to two things. The effects and the performances. Like... Yes, yes. Like, they, they found exactly the right people for every role in this thing. Like, Dennis Hopper, Caroline Williams, Bill Mosley, like, everybody involved in, like, everybody that acts in this movie. I, there's... I think this movie is so much more than the sum of its parts. Like, there are so many ways that this movie should be bad and unwatchable and ridiculous... And it manages to be all of those things while also being perfect. Yeah, for sure. Now, are some of the movies on our list better or worse for taking themselves seriously? All right, so let's start with um, a ridiculous um, thing. Because, you know what, if we're going with sort of uh, late 80s, early 90s insanity, let's just start here. Uh, you remember that time we reviewed a DVD full of Roseanne Halloween episodes? Uh, you know, it's 2018. Things have changed yeah. since we recorded that episode. Hmm. Uh, so I think purely for that, I'm putting Texas Chainsaw 2 above Roseanne Tricks and Treats. It's very comparable. Yeah, I think so. Where it's just like, sort of, isn't horror the greatest here? Let's like do a slip and slide full of ridiculous monster shit. Yeah. Um, so... Now, Let's go with Dead the movie that... Alive it... is number 38. Oh, if we're going with, like, gonzo slapstick horror? Yeah. Dead Alive does feature a zombie baby and a stroller rolling down a hill. So... And a... a, um... Rat monkey. And a giant puppet trying to swallow someone with their vagina. Um, so going by that, I think... Alright, here's the thing. I do not think Texas Chainsaw 2 is better than Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, no, it's not. No, no, no. I mean, I love them both, but let's not shit ourselves. Um, but, but I think it's better than The Crazies. I, do, I also think it's better than The Crazies, and I really like The Crazies. Yeah. It, it, to be fair, we have a very top-heavy list. Mm-hmm. We certainly so do. So any Friday night, you could take a dartboard and, like, throw a dart... You take a dart and throw it at this list, and you will have a good time. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like that's a really important thing to us, is that, like, the first 30 movies on this list are, like, a good time that any... Or, not, or if not Actually, a good time, like, like the are third, good. the first, like, 
50 are a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it starts getting kind of, uh, it, it, it goes a little pear-shaped around number 100. Um, but yeah, so I feel I feel pretty good about uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 being above George Romero's The Crazies, but below the original Nightmare on Elm Street. All right. Ryan, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find us on the internet? Well, on the internet, they can find us permanently and forever shitposting on Twitter at RankinVileCast. Uh, they can find us on Instagram over at RankinVile and on Tumblr at JustRankinVile. If there is a movie that you want us to do, let's say that there's, you know, Texas Chainsaw Part 3, which is one of the most forgettable entries in a horror franchise ever. Let's say that you desperately want us to do Texas Chainsaw 3 and you want, uh, you want to make that request. You're going to want to send that request. Uh, via our ask box on Tumblr, or you're going to want to email it to rankandvilecast at gmail.com. Uh, we are over on Stitcher, we're over, we're over on Last.fm, we're on iTunes. Um, I think, oh, yeah, we, we're over on... You can listen to us directly on Podbean. So if you go to rankandvile.podbean.com, you can do direct downloads and listen to us there as well. Yeah, and if you if you like what we do and you like listening to us yell about bad horror movies, uh, consider possibly uh, leaving us a five star review with maybe like five words on it, like "I like horror movies" and they talk about horror movies. Uh, it would help us out a lot, and it would get our bullshit in front of more people. Um, we also uh, have created a YouTube playlist of uh, uh, an ongoing playlist of uh, '80s tie-in raps. Um, which is a, a thing that we we are personally very uh, passionate about on this on this podcast. Uh, Quincy, uh, do you have anything else? If you are a filmmaker um, or another creator and you want us to feature your ghoul shit on our show, uh, drop us a line at rankandballcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for um, independent movies, comic books, zines, whatever. Mm -hmm. We're happy. So say hi and we'll uh, talk about it. Yep, um, but I've got, I think it's about all I got. You got anything else? That's it. Later, folks. Stay spooky.